0: This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics Whether you're a rookie at podcasting, or a veteran, or a super expert Or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time Now that we're all stuck at home You can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show And who you're able to reach You can get information like who's listening, where they are What their profiles are like, even their listening habits Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co. Once again, that is podmetrics.co and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode one You are listening to On Deck with Stan C, a podcast produced by Podcast Network Asia. It's for the radio lover, the radio DJ past and present or future. If you've ever wanted to hear the real stories of the real people behind the mics, then this is the podcast for you. This week's episode is extra special for me because I get to sit down and hang out, virtually, with one of my mentors and one of my longtime friends in the radio industry, DJ Chris of Mellow 94.7. Our relationship goes way back, an entire decade dating back to when I started out in the FM radio industry on Melo 94.7 as a student DJ. He was one of the first people I met because I trained under him, I learned from him, he left me in the booth all by myself one fateful Sunday a story which we'll get to on the podcast, and he ended up becoming my partner. We were on-air partners for over four years and it was a very formative experience for me because I got to learn so much firsthand just being there in the booth with him and picking his brain every day with all the stories we ended up sharing with one another. He's like a kuya to me in the sense that he's someone I can just hit up whenever I need something or whenever I need to ask for help or if I need episodes of The Office to watch because that's the thing I'm binging on right now while we're still... In season God knows what Of quarantine I'm just really happy That somebody like Chris Is someone I learned from Someone I continue To learn from And someone whose friendship I continue to cherish Long after I'd left Mellow four seven And the booth We once shared together As partners Alright It's time to get to This week's guest We recorded this Right before his board work Last Friday Please welcome DJ Chris He's on deck Episode 7 of the podcast And for this week, my guest is one of the people who broke me into the industry Someone who, under whose wing I trained for years And probably my longest relationship in radio Because uh, I was his partner for over 4 years And yeah, um, not that I've been radio in radio for very long But uh, that's probably the longest time I was ever partners with somebody So please welcome to the podcast... Dj Chris of Melo 94 7 you know until now I, I I can't figure out if I should introduce you under your given name if that's something that you actually want to expose until now I've never figured it out so I always just introduce you as Chris it,
1: it is fine seriously um it's I guess it's it's a given but I think most people nowadays would just refer to me as my on-air name as Chris which is actually my second birth name so it's pretty okay
0: yeah, it always just blew my mind. Right? In, uh, in, in radio, we all, we, there used to be this duality. Like You have your air name, and then you have your given name or your legal name. And for me, at least in my head, you, you're someone in the industry if you can call another radio DJ by their given name. Like That's how I viewed it <laughs> for the longest
1: time. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that is pretty, uh, I guess, yeah, logical. Because uh, I, I think I, I still am from that era where... Most radio personalities would hide under a moniker, so I'm caught in between that. And then the transition, as you all know, from from uh, Mellow Touch back then to uh, what it is now, which is Mellow ninety four seven. People started to just use uh, their their real names. So, so there. That's why when you started in, uh, well, you had a different story when uh, you uh, entered uh, Mellow ninety four seven. You were actually, I still remember the story of how you ended up. Uh, using your real name, but actually, when you wanted to, when you were supposed to begin as an on-air personality on Melo ninety four seven, you were supposed to use a different name, right, Stan?
0: Yeah, uh, I remember wanting to, uh, to use either Chase because it sounded cool, or Sean, or Shane, uh, because of Sean Michaels and Shane McMahon. So you know, I, you know because yun, uh, stupid me, you know, hey, what's your name by default, Stan, because it's name, right? Okay, anyway, that's my story. We're here to talk about you for uh, for this week. So how's it been in terms of your radio routine since this pandemic came and just fucked everyone's world up?
1: Uh, well, when we had the lockdown last March, well, we had to we had to stop going on air. so we had to stop uh, coming to work uh, for a good three months. So since then I've just been stuck at home. I've uh, been trying to, you know, uh, make sense of all the time that I actually had back then. And I was also trying to, uh, uh, I guess, consolidate uh, some of the rackets that I had actually lined up for March and April. So I just had to make sure that all of these uh, scheduled events were, were postponed. So, you know, uh, I'm not going to miss out on on these certain events I was uh, supposedly line up, lined up. Uh, to do some live voiceovers for for a number of events and then I've, uh, uh, the, the lockdown happened and and that all <laughs> became Coca Crunch <laughs>
0: <laughs> So funny so, and like you uh, know we're, we're all stuck at home we're dealing with uh, the virtual reality like that's become our reality. So have the gigs um, kept coming for you or I say, like in my case, a lot of a lot of them have dried up because of the reality that we're living in. So how about on your end?
1: well yeah uh all of them actually stopped because they were all uh live events you have to be physically present uh because of the quarantine uh that all yeah that all had to be canceled or postponed so yeah great (laughs) i know and
0: let's 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 zoom out let's zoom out and get into your story because um one of the things that stood out to me about you like when I got to know you as uh, as your radio partner, is that you're actually a second generation radio personality? So you told me before we started recording that your dad and your tito were both uh, radio DJs before. So uh, do you remember which stations they broadcasted for and what their monikers were? Uh, you know how what what their styles were or how they sounded like.
1: Uh, as far as I can recall, uh, uh, I-, I remember. I think it was my cousins who told me about this. Uh, it wasn't really my dad because uh, my dad uh, was working abroad uh, for a good period of my high school and college years. So we never really got to talk that much. Uh, but from what I do recall, and I had to ask my, uh, my uh, Uncle Larry about this one. Uh, they, they started their stint way back in the 50s uh, when uh, RPN, uh, I'm not sure if it was RPN9 or RPN, Radio Philippines Network. Uh, they, they established uh, their very first radio station in Baguio City. I think they were called DZBS or something like that. DW or DZBS. Uh, it was, I guess, formatted along the, uh, the lines of having uh, a news program and then, of course, music uh, back then. It was the very first uh, radio station in, in Baguio and uh, my uncle Larry and my dad also were, were part of the uh, on-air uh, hosts back then. Not very different with the format that we have now, it's only because uh, they still played music, uh, the equipment yeah. was different, uh, they also were allowed to use monikers but uh, my dad and my uncle just used their, their, uh, their real names. Uh, their competitor back then was the U.S. Armed Forces Radio. That was based wow. in in Pampanga. All right, so I think they were called the the big, the big sound. So, uh, well, you still had I think you still had uh, Filipino personalities on that American radio show. So when they came out, they were just you know they were just trying to sound at, they tried to sound as American as possible. And uh, I think it folded a, a few years after when my uncle Larry left uh, to work for another uh, uh, another industry, and then of course my my dad started uh, teaching in in Ateneo.
0: Having that experience in uh, under your father's mm-hmm. belt, uh, did it naturally pass on to you? Like, was that something you knew when you got into radio, and did you always like radio even before you got into the industry?
1: Oh, definitely. But the influence it did really come from from my dad, I think. I naturally gravitated towards radio because growing up, I really was a, well, my family, my, I remember my sisters, my brothers and I would, would usually be stuck in, in, in front of the radio. And we would be listening to, all right, I'm trying to recall, it's 93.9 WKC back then. Yeah. And then there was another radio station, it was 97.1 uh, LSFM. So they were playing a lot of these. Eighties uh, pop songs from Madonna to uh, uh, I, I, there were a lot of songs, and uh, we were we were you know um, our brothers and my brothers and I would would usually call up the radio stations, believe it or not, and we would try to uh, request our favorite songs. But uh, so that pretty much uh, was, I guess a. Uh, influenced me or you know inspired me to, to I guess pursue a career in radio but again uh the, the span from when I was small to you know to that time that I actually had you know uh entered a radio booth was 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 I was a lot of, a lot of years in between but basically yeah uh, I think uh with with a love for radio I don't think you would you would find the uh you know the the interest to even or or, or the, even the curiosity to, to get into radio without having that love for for radio in the beginning, right?
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so I remember from your stories that you were like the middle child, like in a family uh, in a family of five siblings. So yes. did any of them try radio out as well, or you? Uh,
1: nope, it was just me. Uh, my uh, my older brother. My older sister and my younger sister all went into uh, science-based uh, degrees. So my, 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 my older brother now is an occupational therapist in the States. My older sister is, uh, is a nurse in the UK. And then my younger sister is a doctor and a nurse also in the States.
0: Damn. So, talagang ikaw lang yung naiba. Yes. So, how did how did the family react when you decided to make um you know being in the communications industry your career path, particularly when you uh, got into TV as a production assistant and then later on in radio?
1: Uh, I, my mom was very supportive. Uh, when even before I started uh, applying for colleges, uh, I already knew that I wanted to get into. Uh, media so communication arts so even before uh they, they, they tried I guess well they never really tried to curse me to get into you know a different field because for one you know uh, I guess uh, they already have a nurse they already have a doctor they already have uh, an occupational therapist so back then there wasn't really much pressure on, on my end given that I was a middle child but yes, being also teachers, they, they were very supportive of, of my decision. Uh, I, I applied for uh, Communication Arts in UST, in UP, and also in, in Ateneo. And uh, I took all of those entrance tests. And luckily, I got into UST. And that's where, that's where it all started.
0: Was there campus radio, in back then? And, and by campus radio, I mean yung Tiger Radio, what it is now. Like, was there a predecessor to it? Or, you know, I, I guess I'm trying to find out where you got your first taste of being in the booth and behind the mic.
1: Right. Uh, Tiger Radio was established by one of my professors, and she was also uh, one of the key people in my life uh, that 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 actually began that helped me. Begin my uh, career in the industry, uh, Professor Faye Martell, am also uh, f- still friends with her on, on, on Facebook. Uh, no, Tiger Radio wasn't uh, w- wasn't on back then, or it wasn't even an uh, uh, an idea back then. But what they were focusing on more was TV production. So I had uh, professors, sorry, Professor Shanna Olazo. She was, uh, uh, I guess. More known, popularly known as Ateshana, in uh, the uh, TV series Batibot. Yeah, so she, she's on she ha- TV five. Yeah, so she handled uh, our TV production then, and uh, we had uh, we had an educational media studio. It was a full blown TV studio. You would had cameras, you had the works so and there was a small radio station which was not even located inside our building it was actually inside the usd hospital wow. and uh well it had old equipment you know uh, it, uh they really didn't probably take care of, of of the stuff back then so i'm not even sure if if uh the 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 old studio in the usd hospital was, was, was is still there so so there
0: Let's talk about when you got into radio, Chris. Did you join any student DJ programs like I did? How was it like back in the day? But before we get to that, let me tell you about all the other wonderful shows here on Podcast Network Asia. Yo, what's up? This is Real Talk Darbs. Join me as we talk about life, love, relationships, and hear me drop wisdom bombs on every talk. Do check me out in Wisdom Bars with Real Talk Darbs' podcast. That's Wisdom Bars. With Real Talk Darb's
1: podcast, now part of Podcast Network Asia, check me out. Yalla bye! Back uh, back in the day, uh, I started radio in 1997. I actually started first in ABC5 as a production assistant. This was, uh, well, I got a call again from my, my professor, see Faye. To come to ABC Five, this was barely a week after we all graduated uh, and left uh, PICC. Uh, she said that she uh, she had a gig for us, so she's just selected about three of uh, her best students. Whoa! <laughs> and uh, so we all just reported to ABC Five, and they were at that time uh, uh, developing a, a TV show called Good Evening, Please. It was a, it was an evening primetime show, but with a noontime format. And this was uh, under the uh, direction of Direc Bobot Mortis. So uh, I think that ran for a good year or so. So during that time, I was a production assistant for Good Evening, Please, or GEP. And then uh, on days that when we were not, taping or on days that we were not live i would find time to uh, uh, go up the third floor because at the third floor was their radio station it was dwet cool 106 back mm-hmm. then and uh it was the only uh it was the only i guess office slash studio on the third floor because uh, back I'll uh, back during my time in ABC5 when you come up to the third floor there was it was an empty lot. There was yeah. a there was just a huge, vast space and then there was a there was a booth, there was an engineering studio and then w- there was uh, the office. So that was it. So I was curious and I started walking and was just you know uh, wondered what was inside uh, the studio and who was you know on air and then I just started hanging out. Uh, in between you know uh, uh, in between tapings and uh, live airings before and after uh, production and I got to, uh, I got to meet uh, some of the personalities or should I say one of my fathers as well in radio who uh, who helped me uh, get into uh, the radio industry uh, at that time they were also looking for a replacement which was I guess a blessing in disguise uh, at that time uh, Alex Gotinga. Uh, he was uh, known as Lex Love back then uh, on Cool One Hundred Six. Uh, he was also Max Speed on Magic Eighty Nine Point Nine. He was uh, transitioning uh, that year, and uh, please don't shoot me, uh, Alex. But if this is true, I remember—if <laughs> uh, he's listening—I remember that he was also uh, he was also expecting a baby so during his slot in the evening which is uh 10 p.m till uh, two in the morning uh so that's st- that 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 show was cool calls so it was just an all request show he would be hosting that yeah. so at the time that when he was about to leave they had they needed a replacement asap so i started training under him so i'd come and uh Shadow him for uh, a good few minutes, and sorry. Wait,
0: let's define what shadow is for for the untrained listener.
1: All right, so a shadow is someone that just you know, just like a shadow, yeah. Where wherever the <laughs> wherever source of light is, uh, the the opposite uh, image or the opposite shape that that creates it, or lack of the light that that covers. That covers that that space or body that is your shadow. But in radio, it's your
0: signature runaround way of saying "najam kalang sa tabe." Monotka, observe ka.
1: Thank you, Stan. So I I shadowed for uh, the training was supposed to be for a month, which is I guess standard for uh, for radio uh, before you get into and actually hold and you know man the console. But but back then he would be. I guess ready to leave. He, he was always about to leave or ready to, to leave. So I remember I was into like uh, the first week of my training, and on the fifth day, I think it was a Friday, he couldn't come in for some weird reason. Uh, obviously, I thought, oh yeah, well, I guess the baby is ready it is coming. So the station manager uh, had no choice but to, you know, uh, let me board. That time because it was already almost ten, and the uh, the DJ before me had you know had a prior engagement, so I boarded 10 p.m. till uh, two in uh, the morning, and that's how it all that's all that's how it all began for me.
0: Did you take it? Uh, did you take to it easily? Like, uh, did you have a hard time figuring out the console? Were you intimidated by it? Because from our experience, having trained a younger student jocks, a lot of them would get so intimidated when they would have to confront the board. So was that the case for you as well?
1: Definitely, because, talaga <laughs> uh, You have no basis uh, to, uh, uh, I guess, learn the console other than the fact that you'd have to just learn how to use it. And back then, again, coming into supposedly was a, a month worth of training. I only got like five days. So, <laughs> so yes, I, w- I was petrified uh, of the console. And believe it or not, when I started uh, boarding for Cool 106 back then, this was not my voice. It was high pitched. I was, you know, it sounded like I was running away from someone who's about to kill me. I found it! I I can't replicate it anymore. <laughs> it's just it was just weird. I, I I uh my mic was like a meter away from my like face you. because I was literally shouting because I was just nervous to turn on to turn on the mic and you know and do the basic spiels that you were you know that you were taught. So yeah. there, yeah, it, it took a while for me to, you know, to, to find my voice to actually calm down. To uh, master the console and the other equipment and uh thank god for that seriously uh now well if you remember uh when i started training you stan uh remember those days when or remember that day when i actually left you and yep. you uh you know you you <laughs> you went on all board all ahead. by yourself <laughs>
0: Yeah, because you and our, our good friend uh, Mo or Cage, as he was known on Mellow, to go Cage? To our Either it was a wedding or my inumanata that day, and you're like, "Fuck it, let's get out of here." It's a Sunday, so I was like, "All right, cool." That's not true. I've got two hours all we, to myself. We don't leave our board works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. so
0: so I'm, I'm I'm pretty fascinated by the story. Now, when you started, you didn't sound like that because like, obviously you didn't sound like that. Uh, you know, w- w- when you were born. Uh, but like how did you get to the point where you have that voice of God quality to, to your voice because like that uh, doesn't happen overnight
1: exactly so again uh, with the tutelage of uh, one of my fathers in radio uh, Brian Kitoriano, he uh, he goes by uh, the moniker t-bone back then so uh, he went uh, he went to other radio stations as well but what I from what I do recall, uh, he had the afternoon slot, so it was, I guess, a 3 to 6 slot, I can't remember. Uh, I would come in early, so I would you know, I would get the feel of, of how other people would go on board, and so on and so forth. So he sat me down, and he just told me to just relax, to, to think of the board work like you're just talking to three people, and they're in front of you. To actually just calm your nerves... To, uh, to do everything to make it sound like you actually know what you're doing. Because, Ali, in the end, we really don't know what we're all doing. So I guess that kind of paved the way because he really had that bass-sounding uh, tone to all yeah. of his ad-libs. He sounded uh, relaxed. He sounded uh, more authoritative. So I, tried, so I tried emulating what he was doing on the air until I finally, you know... Uh, got my I, I guess my style to to you know to the style to doing my adlibs and doing my spiels and I I guess I was I just stuck to it
0: okay uh, I'm mean like hmm no <laughs> baseball because like I, I don't think I ever sat down and had those sessions with you like how do you modulate your voice and I guess I guess it worked because if you and I were partners and I sounded exactly like you, it would sound like it was one guy talking to himself, which would be pretty (laughs) fucked up, right? (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah, but, but if, let's say I'm trying to get into the industry and I want to know how to get that deep bass sound and it's just not, not in me naturally. How do you do that? How do you even train yourself to to just have that, that voice of God, this is CNN (laughs) or, or whatever the hell?
1: Uh, well, there's always YouTube. But for me back then, uh I was never a morning person, so I'd always stay up late. Mm-hmm. I had friends would come and, you know, pick me up. We'd have Inuman sessions until what, two or three in the morning, and then you'd have to show up for for work the following day. So the Puyat voice actually just stopped. And uh, if you're also part of a choir, which I was part of back in college, uh, one of our musical directors who would, you know, jokingly aside, say, uh, all right, to, to all the sopranos, make sure that you, you know, hydrate, do whatever, whatever, whatever. All the tenors, yeah, do whatever, whatever, whatever. And the bass, which I was a uh, part of, mga bass, magpuyat kayo, tapos. And we would just come in and we would actually have that you know, that low sounding voice, but uh, all jokes aside, I guess, again, it just comes natural. You just have to, I guess, relax your voice. There are a lot of, tons of YouTube t- tutorials to actually help you, you know, have that that gal bass voice, bass sounding voice. And well, I, I just discovered those videos just, just recently. But for, but for me, yeah, back then, it was just, you know, uh, not sleeping early <laughs> and just coming to work early.
0: What else is new? Ah. <laughs>
1: ah. Uh,
0: during your cool 106 days, uh, what name were you using? I, I, I remember that. Na, mentioned na Obviously, uh, I don't remember it right now, which is why I'm asking. Because <laughs> I know you weren't Chris back then.
1: No, I wasn't. Uh, I went by the name of the Iceman. You on
0: <laughs> now, I remember
1: uh, Iceman. <laughs> the Iceman back then. What,
0: what's the origin story of the Iceman?
1: All right, the origin story of the Iceman. Uh, our station manager back then, Mr. Mark Gorospe, uh, along with our musical director, Mr. Uh, Hines Enriquez, uh, they would come together and they would sit you down in. Uh, in in his office, and they would talk to you after your training. And this is from what I've heard, all right? They would sit you down, and they would talk to you, and they would come up with with the names. So prior to me coming into uh, the roster of the Cool 106 personalities, uh, there was Michael Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. He's also the voice of ABC5 or TV5 up until now. And then there was Francis Day. So it was like a, a play of, <laughs> of names. So you had Michael Knight and then you had Francis Day. So Francis Day came in uh, around midday or in the afternoon or mid-afternoon. No shit. And then Michael <laughs> Knight would be in the evics And then uh, uh, Sir Alex Cothinga, uh went by Lex Love. And then our musical director, uh uh, uh, Ines Enriquez went by Henry Kiss. So it's Kiss and Love or Love and Kiss. So it's uh So it was. I. I, I, Para I kailangan probably, na porn
0: star motif yung theming uh, names.
1: Probably. I'm not really sure uh, <laughs> how they thought of, of the other names. And then all of a sudden, they just broke the, the trend. And they said, because, you know, I started, you know, sounding like, you know, my mentor uh, T Bone, Brian Kitoriano back then. Uh, They just said, oh, boss is more cool. Cool na cool. Parang ice. Oh, Iceman. (laughs) You know, I was like, what the heck? Seriously? (laughs) Okay, boss. Thank you. And then since then, I I just, you know, I stuck with with the name. Did
0: you have any other air names other than the Iceman? Because the way I see it, the Iceman is as cool as it gets when it comes to on-air handles. But I want to know more about that, Chris. But before we get to that... Let's tell our listeners about the other great shows we've got on Podcast Network Asia, kind of like this one. Hi, this is Sanaya, and I'm a well-being junkie. It's true, I admit it. I love everything to do with mind, body, and energy, and I'm constantly on a journey of learning, exploration, and self-discovery. So I created a podcast to talk to experts, influencers, and thought leaders to be inspired by new ideas. So join me on the Project Loving Myself podcast, because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship you have with yourself. You are loved.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that was my first uh, handle when I started working as an announcer for Mellow Touch, back then, Mellow Touch 94.7 in what, 2001. So all of the personalities here back then uh, had their own handles. Uh, we were asked, uh, you know, to come up with our own. And please don't ask me how I got to BB Kane. I cannot remember. Seriously, <laughs> and they just, I guess it was a play with you know BB uh, King, uh, the uh, the blues artist, the late blues yeah. artist, and someone else's name. Uh, I can't remember. So it just it just stuck. How long were you at Cool? <laughs> uh,
0: were were you there until the station basically closed, or like at what point did you uh, make the jump to Mellow?
1: All right, 1997 was the year that I got into Cool 106 up until uh, 2000. That's when uh, they reformatted the station, and to make the long story short, we were not part of the reformat, so we just up and left. Yikes. Uh, and then uh, I, uh, during that time, I was also I was already voicing for ABS-CBN's, uh ANC, which is their news channel. So the ABCBN news channel uh, for a good few years. So when uh, when Cool One Hundred Six or One Hundred Six Point Seven Cool folded back then, I was uh, showing up for uh, voiceover. Uh, voice Over Duties over at ABS-CBN. Uh, thanks to you know uh, uh, a, a colleague of mine, a batchmate of mine back in high school, uh, Ron Cruz and uh, Mr. Jane Sai as well. And then, again, by some weird fate, uh, Michael Knight or Michael Boricano, Mike, the voice of, of, of Channel 5, was also boarding for Mellow Touch uh, back then. He actually you know got sorry uh, he wasn't part of that time when you know cool was had reformatted already so he was here prior and apparently they needed uh, another announcer they needed uh, another personality so I got the call from Mike thank you Mike and he said hey come in and audition as an announcer Uh, and I said okay So I asked for directions. It's in Mandaluyong, Paragon Plaza. I came in and I was asked to read a few scripts. I didn't understand why. I guess they wanted to see how I sounded uh, reading on air. (laughs) And then they asked me a bunch of questions, which was all recorded. And then I just left. When I left, uh, the station after the uh, the interview slash audition, I didn't really feel, I, I didn't feel confident about you know uh, my my, my uh, how I did in the in the audition. So I kind of just brushed it off. Yeah. Uh, after say a few days, I got the call back again, and they said, "Come back. Uh, they want you to they want you to train already." And so I came back. I was really surprised because. I really, really felt like you know the the audition from the recording, to you know to the uh, the interview. I really, I really sucked. I really wasn't ready for that day, but I guess I was just lucky enough that they were, you know, I don't want to say desperate, but they really needed someone <laughs> at that time, and I kind of you know uh, I had Mike, uh, I guess vouching for me. Uh, and thanks to, of course, uh, then the uh, program director, Mr. Jopi Gutierrez, uh, he uh, he said, "Hey, when uh, when can you start?" And that was it. That was uh, that was September of two
0: thousand and one. Damn you yeah. it on 20 years. Uh, the tell same me about stage. it. Yeah, exactly. Oh,
1: holy shit. Exactly. That's... So, before before wait, we get wait. into
0: the Mellow stuff, I want to talk about the ANC stuff because uh, we were talking about this off the uh, off the record then. Um, growing up, I was also listening to the radio a lot. So I was kind of familiar with how he sounded because Mellow was on my list of stations at the time. And then for some reason, like your brain kind of connects voices and then I would tune in ANC and be like, oh, tung voice na to di ba?" And I meet you, right? And I train under you. And I guess it clicks na, shit, voice of ANC. So like, how did that happen? How, how did you end up getting uh, that gig of being the voiceover for, for ANC?
1: Uh, when, uh, before I even got the call, uh, some years back, I'm not sure if it was 88 or 99, uh, ABS-CBN wanted to, I guess, rehash their news network, which was formerly called SNN or the Sarimanok News Network, so they were putting together uh, professionals from you know from different parts of the industry to you know to to come in and pitch in and be part of what is now called ANC, the ABS-CBN News Channel. So uh, to make the long story short, uh, Ron knew that I was in radio because another friend of mine, a good friend of mine, you actually know him, Patrick Anijunuevo. Yeah. was also a for uh, he also listens to to my show back when I' was still on cool 106 and since he was working uh, with Ron Cruz when they were developing ANC back then he said hey why not ask uh, me I asked Johan to, to come in and audition for voice because they were looking for uh, station voice so uh, he he so I got the call again uh thank heavens for cell phones. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they asked me to come and and uh, audition. Again, a bunch of scripts read, and I really wasn't that confident because, you know, I, I was young back then. I had radio. Uh, you know, I was doing stuff left and right. I really wasn't paying attention that much to, you know, what was happening. And then... Uh lo and behold, I got the call and I was again very, very grateful for the opportunity to you know to be part of A and C as the voice, of course, under the tutelage of of uh Ron Cruz, Mr. Jing Sai Sai, and of course uh head of CCM back then, Mr. Patrick Patrick DeLeon. So I really had to learn the ropes. I had to unlearn some of the uh you know old or bad habits that I have Picked up from from radio because uh, back when I was training in radio, I think there was an era wherein most of the personalities would have you know that sing song kind of you know sing song sounding ad libs or way that they would know, no read, read certain scripts, right? So yeah. I had to uh, I had to unlearn that and actually had to listen to more of how you know James Earl Jones would sound or. Uh, some of the other anchors from CNN would, you know, would do their spiel. So I had to, again, uh, find someone to emulate. And, of course, under uh, the uh, supervision of, of uh, greats, I was retained as the voiceover for ANC for a good few years.
0: How do you find the difference between um, the character of being the voice of a news channel and then being a DJ for for cool, which uh, was different from being a DJ at Mellow Touch. And then but like, then when you know Mellow changed formats over the years, so how do you delineate those
1: personas? Uh, <laughs> I actually, don't know. Uh, I, I, you usually just learn along the way. You don't really find the answers. You you you're you're forced to uh, you know to, to to take a step back. And see, you know, from your perspective, how are you going to approach something? How are you going to uh, sound? How are you going to, you know, uh, become, you know, uh, or, you know, wear the hat of a voiceover and then come on air as a radio personality? It is hard. It is it is very hard because I remember back then, it took a while. It took, like, at least three or five takes. Uh, my script writer back then, uh, Paolo Estabilio, uh, would would usually come in uh, the recording booth to uh to assist me on how to you know deliver certain lines. So he would tap me if he would want a different version, and then he would tap me again if he wants me to be if he wants me uh, to deliver the script a different way again until he was satisfied. So that was fine by me. Uh, when it comes to radio, uh, I, I guess you're you're left to your own senses because you 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 grow you know. Uh, you grow certain nerves or you, you, you have, or you grow that certain instinct that, you know, to execute, uh, whatever, whatever kind of, of, radio show you want, uh, on air. So it, it was a struggle, but again, with the help of a lot of people, uh, along the way, uh, it kind of, I guess, you you found that uh, that divide. You you found that way to wear the hat of the voiceover, and then you find a way to you know come back and just wear the hat of uh, radio personality.
0: You mentioned Kanina that it took you a while to find your voice. Like, do you remember a certain time where you finally figured out? Now, all right, this is me as the radio personality. This is my voice. This is how I carry myself. Um, like, this is the the, the persona, or the gimmick. Like, when did it all come together for you?
1: Well, it. I like to think that it hasn't really come together for me because, as of now, I don't really, I don't really have like a voice. Voice. I like. I don't. I don't see or perceive myself as someone with just the voice. You know what I mean? Because through uh, the years, that when you know I started in radio, coming into Mellow Touch and then Mellow 94.7, there were a lot of reformats as well. A number of reformats that. Uh, uh, that we had to address you know because back when mellow touch was mellow touch, we had to you know we had to sound very relaxed very you know uh, very poised and then when mellow 94 <laughs> 7 came in we just had to be bubbly we had to sound like you know a pop radio station like we know what we're doing and we were high on drugs no sorry not that drugs part but, but you know, you can't really just peg yourself to, to 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 just one voice. You'd have to, against I guess, wear more hats or be ready to wear more hats if you want to stay, you know, in, in within the bounds of, of the radio industry. But but that's
0: something that I don't know. Like I remember when we would train you mga student jocks. It, it's something we'd always say, but to hear you, nah, you know, you've been around for much longer than I have. And Thank you, you for reminding you say that nah, you me. haven't, that nah, you haven't figured out your voice. I'm like, well, well, fuck me. When am I going <laughs> to find my voice? You <laughs> know um, Not that I'm, I'm dogpiling on you or anything. It's just that, holy shit. Like, how do you, how do you even begin to find yourself then? If, um, you're where you are now and I'm where I am. And like, you say you haven't found yourself. Like, what does that spell for someone like me? Uh,
1: okay, I, I get what you mean. Uh, I guess for me, I don't, I don't close the doors to, you know, to opportunities that would allow me to, I guess, further expand uh, my knowledge and my love for, for the industry. You know, uh, I don't want to be uh, put in a box and say that, oh, see uh, Johan or DJ Chris. Uh, He's like this and this and this and like that, right? So, you know, I don't want to just be pegged into someone that I could probably be more, you know? Yeah, that's Uh, fair. So I guess that worked. That has been working for me since then. I don't want to just be pegged as, you know, the Iceman. You know, I don't want (laughs) to sound, you know, uh, like this, say, 20 or 40 years from now you know I, I i'd like to think that we're constantly evolving with you know with the way with our styles in you know in, in coming up with a radio show and hopefully you find yours if you're if you're looking for for your voice i i guess th- this platform is actually uh, a a good way you know uh, your podcast actually is uh, a good uh I guess a good standing point for, uh, to, to actually know and learn how or where you're going to bring this, right, Stan? Because no, I remember, absolutely. yeah, I remember back then uh, we were on board and we had a, a good list of personalities, sorry, not personalities, but guests that would come in daily. And, you know, I remember you not really enjoying, I don't want to say enjoy, but, uh, it, is it because of uh, your? It, it was it your personality back then that you really didn't want to talk to people, uh, but now you're you're talking to you know uh, great personalities. You you you've talked to people like Renzo and uh, and Delamar. So I'm really really impressed with you know with with how far you you've gone, Stan. So oh, thank congratulations. you, congratulations, good job.
0: No, I appreciate that because well. Part of it is this whole virtual reality that we're in, kind of makes it easier for me, right? Uh, for one thing, like you and I have a relationship that goes back a decade, so like I can just talk to you and pick up right where we left off, which was like last night. <laughs> right? but it, but like uh all those years ago when we would be partners and like new people would come in, it would scare the living daylights out of me. I, I hate guests. Until now, I still hate guests. <laughs> na the, the radio station is my is my arena or whatever. I prefer to hide behind the booth and like have my partner talk to them. And then pag nag on na mics again, I'll I'll talk to you, right? But when the mics are off fuck it i'm i'm gonna spin i'll find an excuse not to talk to you because i'm an introvert like that's how i am and like that's what i appreciated about you as a partner and everyone else who's had the misfortune of having to um <laughs> cover up for my anxieties it's like there that that's that's all i'll say about that again uh, not to hijack uh your interview and your story So you've been in this business for over 20 years and you've gone through the different stages in your life with these different formats in radio, kind of like pop, hot adult contemporary, easy listening, and everything else in between. What's it been like trying to adjust all of these different formats? But before you answer that, Chris, here's another interesting show on Podcast Network Asia that you might want to keep tabs on.
1: Hi, this is Dog Coach Francis. Dogs are a man's best friend. Get to know your dog and strengthen your friendship. By listening to the dog behind the human, this podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia. Understand your dog, so you and your pupper can live your best life together. Uh, it will drive you crazy. It has driven me bananas. Um, just, just coming in and you know, uh, learning that you know your your station is you know is changing the way they want to you know uh, tap. Or they want to, uh, I guess, address uh, a particular audience. So it 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 can drive you crazy, at some point. But you still need someone who would tell you, "Hey, you can do this. Everything is okay." For our part, uh, it <laughs> on our end, when we were reformatting, we had those. We had our, you know, we had our production director, uh, Drew Domingo. Uh, helping us uh along the way our musical director back then mr V, we we had you know we had help along the way it it it's crazy it's it's hard because you would wanna you 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 want to fit the format you wanna you wanna be that person that would kind of define what the format of the station is so it will you know it, it you had you had to adjust you had to you know sound differently like i said uh mellow touch back then you'd had to be Laid back, you'd have to be relaxed. You'd have to sound sexy, or at least I thought I had to sound sexy. Uh, <laughs> and then the, uh, the 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 pop version of mellow came in, and you know, yeah, you, you had to, you had to sound bubbly. You had to sound uh, in tune with you know with with the songs that you're also playing. So it takes a toll on you as well. So uh, you just probably have to find that that common ground that allows you to be a personality on the air and then when the mics are off you're you know you (laughs) you just scream at the universe and say hey what am i doing really seriously who knows what we're actually doing uh these days so so yeah it, it is hard but uh we we i guess we we power through
0: Having gone through all those different formats, but like uh, the pop stuff from Cool 106, like I remember, na cuenta masakin dati, that yung sikata kanta when you were a rookie, was As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. So you're all the boy band stuff, all the pop stuff from the mid to late 90s. And then you move on to Mellow Touch and you're playing Richard Marks and Michael oh, East yeah. the Rock and Air Supply. And then the reformat to pop happens and all of a sudden you've got John Mayer, Maroon 5. All that, you're getting requests for the Vamps and Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, and then now you go back to to the love songs. Like, I bring that up to ask what your mental rolodex of music is like.
1: <laughs> well, thank God, I really like music. You know that I was in a band. You know that I like playing music. Uh, you'd always catch me playing the air drums in between yep. songs, right? So I guess it helps that I really like the art that is music. I like how you know how how a song is uh, performed, how a song is actually made, uh, from you know the likes of you know the the songs that I uh, grew up listening to, uh, like I mentioned, you know Madonna. Uh, <sighs> Why Madonna? <laughs> the '80s, basically the '80s. <laughs> oh yeah, the '80s. Madonna. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, and then the '90s as well. Uh, not just you know, not just the Backstreet Boys, but you know, we also had a lot of great OPM acts back then. You had Araki and Edgar, right? Uh, and then the early 2000s, you know, it was uh, I guess a, a, a mix of Britney Spears. And of course, yes, uh, the emergence of of other boy bands. So I guess having to, having a a, a base or a a fan base? No. Uh, Having to just like music.
0: The foundation of that love,
1: right? Yeah. And and, and having, you know, and just liking, you know, finding music as a part of your life, you know, from, from the moment that you wake up growing up, Sunday morning, your mom, your dad, they're listening to, you know, an oldies radio station. So I guess that 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 helps a lot. You have to be a fan of music first. So when all of these uh you know different genres, the different artists came in, it, it was just easy to, to fall in love with you know with these artists all over again because you, you understand where they're coming from. You as a musician, you playing their music, you also as a fan. Uh, From the outside, looking in, you know, Uh, you uh, turning up the radio when your favorite song uh, uh, goes on the air to you actually turning the monitors up while you're listening to, you know, uh, the song that you're playing on the air as well. It all helps. So it again, it is the uh, it is you'd have to have a love story with with music first to to get through all of these genres and jumps from format to format
0: as we wind down here i want to ask about yung, the, the shock factor from you as a dj the, the person behind the console or the computer uh, when you find a song that isn't familiar to you and I'm, I'm not asking about the new stuff because the new stuff is obviously unfamiliar but do you find an older song on the rotation now oh, i haven't heard this before or oh i don't know does that still happen for you?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, if you haven't noticed, Mellow has reformatted again. Uh, I, I know. I have noticed. <laughs> so we get to play a lot more of the classics. We have the 80s, more of the 90s, uh, a little bit of the early 2000s. And then we have the weekend shows uh, called Straight from the Heart. It's, uh, again, it's a rehashed uh, show that we had back when Mellow Touch was Mellow Touch. So we have that now on the weekends and that's also incorporated within our playlist so when a particular classic song gets on my my you know on my shift i'm like hey i haven't heard this song so yes i'd have to sit down and and listen to it again and most of the time it would be connected to a particular memory of mine growing up uh back when i was say you know uh, in elementary school or say in high school, so yeah, it, oh, it is a girlfriend. trip. Oh well, yes, uh, next girlfriend So it would always <laughs> be a trip for me to you know to hear all of these classic songs being played again on the air.
0: As somebody who loved radio growing up, and somebody who has uh, you know ha- has spent a long time in the industry, how is it like having? An office job, Naren, because you're also production supervisor on top of your duties as an on-air personality. So, uh, how was that like for you when you got that promotion, so to speak, and the additional responsibilities that came with it?
1: Uh, it was fun. I, <laughs> the only the the, uh, the only tricky part about being the production su- supervisor was back when I actually had the title as production supervisor. I was left to my senses again. I really didn't know how to put together, you know, uh, uh, a commercial plug or Sikuni a merchandising bahala. plug. Exactly, Ikaw na ang bahala. So I had to, I was, I had to teach myself how to use, you know, these editing, these uh, editing software. Uh, but other than that, other than that, uh, you get, you get uh, the feel of of how things are done, how you're supposed to do it. And then it just comes second nature. But again, uh, having to learn uh, how to, you know, how to edit certain songs, how these songs should fade out or fade in, how the levels should be uh, coming on the air and putting them all together—it was difficult at first. But I kind of got the gotten the hang of it. But Eventually. how do you teach yourself
0: how to do those things? Because hey, I would see the the stuff you do in the production booth. Like you back when we would play hip-hop on Mellow, for example, like an Eminem song would come in and you would censor that stuff. Like people don't know this. But you were the guy who was actually making the radio edits before the radio <laughs> edit from the record label would make it to uh, the desk of the music director. So how did you figure out how to do those, do those things?
1: I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. You actually just have to... Probably find the drive to, or I don't know the. Inter- you tell me, Stan, what, how, how did we how did we get to that part? You <laughs> couldn't end up because, like,
0: a lot of what I know from editing, I learned from you. I learned from shadowing and just poking my head in the production with, "Oy, nung inagawa mo," or "Oy, pretty... naman, right?" And and you just show me shit, and whatever I pick up, I pick up. And there's a lot that I never got to pick up. Like until now, I know my ears aren't as good as your ears because, like, wh- whenever we play stuff on the air, tasasabi mo, "eto yung kalansing na mo." Until now, I still don't know what that kalansing is.
1: <laughs> uh the highs, the mids, and the lows. Yeah. uh Again, and thank you for always re- uh, reminding our listeners that I've been in the industry for so long already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, you probably get again that, that natural instinct uh, on you know how certain levels should should sound or how you know this particular song should sound. When it comes to editing, though, again, it's we were just tinkering with you know our uh, our, our our production computer, and that's. That's how I really, I really don't know, Stan. Seriously, I don't know. <laughs> it just happened. You told me to get another lesson. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it just it just happens. Yeah, um, back when we were supposed to, yeah, edit it, uh, edit, you know, Eminem songs. We just had the. Again, we were just tinkering with, with stuff, and then I just passed it down to you. That's pretty much it.
0: Imagine trying to edit WAP now, dude. Cardi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> style. Holy shit.
1: Dude. Let's <laughs> do it. wanna do it? That'll be fun, man. Huh? that would be fun.
0: Last few questions on my end. Um, you've really run the gamut in terms of schedules and even uh, going on air with a partner, going on air in a trio, and then going on air by yourself. Which setup do you like best?
1: Uh, I like all of my partners.
0: I'm not uh, asking you which partners you oh like oh or dislike. <laughs> I'm asking you, what You or you with
1: There would be days, uh, right, Stan? There would be days where you just want to be, uh, where you just want to be all by yourself. You want to just focus on your board work. You want to just focus on the song as well. But most of the time, we'd also want to, you know, have someone, uh, someone to talk to on the side. You'd, you'd want someone, uh, you know, uh, talk. Talk shit with, so I guess it's a combination of both. Uh, I had again the privilege of you know having you as a co-host, having uh, Tracy as well as a co-host, having a lot of co-hosts back then because of the reformat. You know, newscasters become uh, becoming uh, on-air personalities as well. Transition the way that we uh, had to learn, unlearn, relearn stuff with ways on how to you know communicate with ourselves on air and off the air. That really is something so like I said you can't just peg yourself to just one particular type of of DJ because you'll never know uh, how radio would sound in the next few years right now everyone is coming or jumping into you know the digital format everyone is online nowadays so who knows right so uh, if you're going to ask me I like all of the days when we were all on board Stan seriously that was the trip but I also like uh, the format now because I guess with the format, because it dictates it, uh, you get to focus more on the music. You get to, I guess, uh, put more energy on uh, uh, choosing the songs, why the songs were chosen, right? You try to tell the story through the music and hopefully your listener would, would you know, would, would pick up on it, right? Like certain songs segued, why it was segued, why they are all in this order. And that is, I guess, y- you still find... Fun ways to make a fun job even more fun.
0: So, now that we're in the time of the pandemic and a lot of people are stuck at home, from your perspective, um, how has that affected what we do?
1: Uh, well, for one, we have to now come in wearing face masks. You'd have to wear, you know, certain protective equipment so you don't, you know, you don't infect other people, which is, you know, it, which is apparently the law. Uh, I mean, it's common fucking decency. It's uh, yes, uh, <laughs> you don't get as much visitors. Obviously, uh, the uh, schedules are kind of, I guess, uh, relaxed a bit. Because, say, if uh, you're not feeling well, you're not, you know, you you're feeling under the weather. You're, you you just don't shop for work, uh, and then people would you know would would come in and uh, do the. Do your board work for you. uh, You don't get as much, I guess. You don't. (laughs) You don't. Again, yeah. Visitors. It's pretty much it. Again, the the way that you also come in, it affects you. Uh, It. it, it, You you try to also put yourself in the shoes of your listeners because nowadays, it really, it really sucks. uh, You know, to to be in. To be where we are right now, so you, you try kinds, to yeah. you, you 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 put yourself in their shoes and try to you know try to at least put a smile uh, on their faces. You try to play their song when they when they want to hear it. You try to reach out. You try to you know make the the mood even better. You try to distract people from what is actually happening in their lives and you know, if, if people message you and they tell you, you know, uh, thank you for playing my song, thank you for and then they tell you stories about, you know, how they're coping with a pandemic, that is fine by me. I mean, if I get to reach out to just a few people and they know that I'm on air and when they when and when I'm on air they're also tuned in and they also connect with me through the music. They like the music that I play. That is that is enough for me.
0: All right. Uh, Okay, so last two questions. The first is, after all this time, why do you still do this?
1: Uh, Because we're not actually doing work here. (laughs) It is the most fun. It has been the most fun uh, job that I've gotten into since since I graduated. Uh, I was into TV production. I got into radio. I had been hosting a lot of events as well doing voiceovers on the side, uh, radio has always been that constant, that one constant in my life that if you take me out of radio, (laughs) you know, the saying, right. You, you, you can't take the radio out of the band. So yeah. Uh, this, this is fun. It's fun. Uh, again, you're close to the music that you want to listen to uh you get to work with less people i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) i like that (laughs) i like the you know i like the the bubble that you're in that when because radio is live that when something messes up on the air it's already out there you can't do anything about it right so you try to i guess perfect your craft perfect the way that you come up with a radio show and then if if that all pans out after you sign off, then you had a good board work, right? And they say that you are as good as your last board work.
0: As a last question, how much does it piss you off, Pared, when people ask, "Uy, DJ ka? Sample naman?"
1: <laughs> uh, on a scale of one to, utak yeah, it is. It <laughs> still is awkward. Right, Stan? I know, and I remember all of those conversations, you know, all of, you know, drinking sessions, that and to Sonsi. see, ah, man, you would always revert back to, you know, uh, stories of, of your friends or, you know, people that you meet for the first time, and they ask you, oh, sample naman. Yeah, it still pisses me off. So if Para, you want to piss. Right? So yeah, if you want to ah, my piss... only fans ka sample naman, no? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So if you want to piss a radio personality off, or anyone in the industry for that matter. Or oh, security guard ka sample naman. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. The, the sample naman culture really will be the end of us.
0: Uh God, that was the perfect way to end it. I know you've got a show in a few minutes, so thanks for taking time out to do this with me. All the love and the respect for you, my brother. Love you, man. Thanks, man. Love you. Thanks again to my good brother DJ Chris of Mellow ninety four seven for hanging out and spending time on this podcast. It was a dream episode. I'm sure it was a reunion as well that the uh, handful of listeners who remember us from our Mellow ninety four seven days. Something that I hope can cheer them up because I remember when I left Mellow, it was a big shock to my system, as it was the only station I'd ever known. All of my friends in radio were basically there, and it was like leaving leaving the nest. And going out to college in a different province, a different state, a different country even. So to have that reunion at least in an on-air setting has been great. Even though Chris is somebody who I would still meet up for drinks with, uh, I would say, three, four, five times a year in the world before the pandemic. Obviously, things are different now, but eh, such is life, right? Anyway, if you are loving what you're hearing, then please check out all the other podcasts that we've been putting up on Podcast Network Asia. Give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Just look for Podcast Network Asia or hit me up, facebook.com slash Stancy online or at underscore Stancy on Twitter and on Instagram. I've got another podcast under PNA or Podcast Network Asia and it's called the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. I co-host that alongside my good friends Romaran, Raf Gamos, and Chino Liao and it's all about pro wrestling. That's right. If you've ever loved pro wrestling as a kid or even as an adult, then that is the podcast for you. This week, we're breaking down everything that happened from NXT TakeOver 30, WWE SummerSlam, that huge episode of AEW Dynamite, this week's huge episode of Monday Night Raw, and everything else in between. It's also a very busy week for us because the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast is also going toe-to-toe with Jam and Dapsky, the Loca Locas. That's happening on the special Kumu episode of The Cool Pals. I believe that should be up by the time you're listening to this. If not, then go check it out on The Cool Pals feed. They're also another Podcast Network Asia staple. As for me, I'm going to be calling it another podcast, another episode in the books, and I just got to say thank you for sticking it out this long into the episode and for supporting the podcast and all the other shows on Podcast Network Asia. It really, really means a lot to us to be able to provide you with all this content while we're all stuck at home in the longest lockdown in the world. Until next time, my name is Stancy saying thank you very much for listening. Huge thanks to Babyface producer Nikai Locanias and the rest of the PNA team. And I hope that I've earned the privilege of your time.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo
0: from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.